Good morning. Today is Monday, November 22nd, 2021. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs points out one of the most empowering statements in all religious literature is a famous passage written by the Rambam Maimonides in his Hilchus Tshuva, The Laws of Repentance. The Rambam writes, Tzarech kal adam shiyire atzmo kal hashana ki ilu chetzio zakai v'chetzio chayim. A person should look at them all year long, should look at themselves all year long, as if I am right on the line between majority of sins, majority of mitzvahs. I'm right on the line. It's equal. It, the, the score is tied, which means if I commit a single sin, I will cause myself to lose the game, to be consigned for ill. And since everybody in the world is also on the edge, so my one action that pushes me the wrong way over the cliff pushes the entire world over the cliff. The wrong way. And my single action can cause destruction to many other people. If I do one mitzvah, that's it. One single mitzvah. Because remember, the score is tied. It's the bottom of the ninth. One mitzvah. I have then pushed myself into the winning column with that one action, and the entire world, because remember, the entire world also was tied at the bottom of the ninth. And so my one action redeems my entire life and has the potential to redeem the entire world. It can cause for me myself, but for the entire world, redemption and salvation. It's incredible. It's an attitude that is so much at odds with the way most of us seem to look at the world, especially when we are faced with these gigantic problems, racism, climate change, so many other problems that seem so big and even if we are sympathetic to the cause, even if the problems bother us and we want to do something, but so often we think to ourselves, but I'm just the only one person. Even if I would take an action, what good would it do? There are set over 7 billion people in the world. How can my one action possibly have any impact? I'm a grain of sand. I am a speck of dust in the universe. What point is there to me engaging in any of these big issues, these large questions, these challenges that face all of humanity? But the Rambam says, no, that's not the right way to look at it. The Rambam says that, yes, 
my single individual action can make all the difference. And our Parsha shows it to be true in the following way. As we learn about the narrative of Yaakov's sons, we see the rapid rise in tension between his children. Yosef, who is the 11th son, is Yaakov's favorite. Yaakov, the Torah says, loved him more than the other sons, which is a recipe for disaster. The other brothers were jealous. Yosef had these dreams of grandeur that the other brothers were going to have to bow down to him and serve him. And that certainly did not make them like him anymore. Yaakov gave Yosef this beautiful multicolored robe, unlike all the other brothers. And it was just a visible reminder of the, and cause of the jealousy that they had. And then there was a moment of opportunity. The brothers were far from home. Yosef appears in the distance. who was sent by Yaakov to see how they're doing. But their envy and their jealousy and their anger reach a boiling point And they all decide, here comes the dreamer. We will kill him. It's hard even to imagine how it's possible for brothers to say such a thing. We'll kill him. Only one brother disagreed. Reuven, the oldest brother. Reuven knew what they were suggesting was wrong, and he protested. And at this point, the Torah does something absolutely remarkable. The Torah makes a statement that is not true, that the Torah knows is not true, but it makes the statement anyway. Listen to the words. By Yishma Ruvain, and Ruvain heard what the other brothers were planning to do. Vayatsi lehu miyadam, and Ruvain saved Yosef from their hands. Ruvain rescued Yosef so that he would not have any danger, so that nothing bad would happen to him. So that when Ruvain realized the brothers were plotting against their younger brother Yosef, it was wrong. Ruvain acted and saved, rescued Yosef. Now, the problem is we know that that's just not true. Because the next lines describe to us that Ruvain realizes that all the other brothers are against him. He comes up with a strategy. He says to the other brothers, I'll tell you what, let's not kill Yosef right now. Let's just put him in a pit for a little while and then we'll see what's going to happen. Ruvain's idea was, let's just delay this a little bit. I'll get them to calm down and eventually I'll be able to rescue Yosef. For some reason, Ruvain leaves for a while and while Reuben is away, the brothers take Yosef out of the pit and sell him into slavery. And when Reuben comes back, his intention by having him put in the 
pit is that he would come back and he would take Yosef out of the pit and take him back to his father so he would be safe. But when Reuven comes back, the pit is empty. The pit is empty. Yosef was not murdered, but he was sold into slavery. When Reuven, when the Torah says that Reuven rescued Yosef from their hands, obviously, our rabbis explain, but it's obvious what the Torah means to say is God accounted the intention of Reuven because he wanted to rescue them from his, he wanted to rescue Yosef from their hands, but he didn't actually do it. It ended up that Yosef was sold into slavery. They didn't see him for another 20 years. He failed. On this, the Medrash says, our rabbis teach us something that's just incredible. The Medrash says, if only Ruvain had known that God would write about him and Ruvain heard and saved him from them, he would have lifted Joseph bodily onto his shoulders and taken him back to his father immediately. What does that mean? So think for a moment what would have happened if Ruvain, who saw that what the brothers were about to do was wrong, who protested against harming their brother, who took an action to try to rescue Yosef. Imagine if he had been successful. Imagine if he had just said, boys, this is wrong. We're not doing it. He would pick Yosef up, put him on his shoulder, walk back to their father's house. What would have happened then? Well, it's most likely what would have happened then is Yosef would not have been sold as a slave. He would not have been taken to Egypt. He would not have been working in Potiphar's house. He would not have attracted Potiphar's wife. He would not have been put in jail. He would not have interpreted the dreams of the butler and the baker. He would not have done the same thing for Paro two years later. He would not have been made a viceroy in Egypt. He would not have brought his family to stay in Egypt. Literally, the action of one person, Ruvain, or rather the inaction, one inaction of Ruvain changes the course of Jewish history forever. If only Ruvain had known what we know. But Ruvain had within him, Rabbi Sachs suggests, a certain lack of confidence, an uncertainty. And at the critical moment, he just did not have the capacity to carry through with the course of action that he knows to be right. He wanted to rescue Yosef, but he just didn't follow through. He begins well, but does not drive the deed to closure. Rabbi Sachs writes, It is impossible not to recognize in Reuven a person of the highest ethical sensibilities. But though he had conscience, 
he lacked courage. He knew what was right, but lacked the resolve to do it boldly. If only God had known, if only Reuven had known that God looked at the intention to rescue Reuven as if he had done it. Reuven, you've done it. Just close the deal. Just follow through. A single action, a single inaction in the entire course of Jewish history has changed. My grandfather used to tell this story out of a parable. A coal mouse asked a wild dove, tell me the weight of a snowflake. Nothing more than nothing was the answer. In that case, the coal mouse said, I must tell you a marvelous story. I sat on a fir branch close to the trunk when it began to snow, not heavily, not in a raging blizzard, no, just like in a dream, without any violence. Since I didn't have anything better to do, I counted the snowflakes settling on the twigs and needles of my branch. Their number was exactly 3,471,952. When the next snowflake dropped onto the branch, nothing more than nothing, as you say, the branch broke off. Having said that, the coal mouse flew away. The dove, since Noah's time and authority on the subject of peace, thought about the matter for a while and finally said to herself, perhaps there is only one person's voice lacking for peace to come about in the world. There is one holiday that we have that celebrates this astounding truth that there is no problem so large that cannot be helped, impacted by even one person. And that holiday is Hanukkah, coming up this coming week. This is a holiday that is dedicated to this principle of the Rambam that we quoted before, where the actions of one family, the Maccabim, it was not a mass uprising. It was one family. And they, through their uprising, changed the course of Jewish history. And further, it was the action of one unknown Kohen who was searching for and found a jar of oil to be able to light the menorah. Now, the truth is, here's a little secret in Jewish law. They could have used any oil. The requirement for purified oil would not have applied in that circumstance. That's just a little detail of Jewish law. They don't teach that in, in, in school so much. Could have just used any oil. Or they could have just waited one week to produce a larger enough amount for 
for ongoing use of the purified sacred oil. But he decided there's enough oil for one night. I'm lighting the menorah tonight. One action of one Kohen, we don't even know his name. And that led to the miracle that one jar of oil, enough for one night, lasted for eight nights, indicating that God's presence rests among the Jewish people. Keep in mind that miracle is not just a trick of how much light. It's not like, you know, like we make the jokes today about the iPad battery. It lasts only enough battery for one night and it lasts eight nights. But it's, it's, it, it symbolizes, it represents that God's presence dwelled among the Jewish people. And each night we light the menorah each night, every year, we recreate that moment. It is that moment. We should see ourselves as that unknown, single Kohen lighting that light. Where one action of one person changes the world. There's a great story, famous story, told by Rabbi Saul Salanter. He once said, when I was young, I wanted to change the world. And then I realized I could not change the world, so I thought, maybe I'll change my nation. Then I realized I could not change my nation, and so I thought, maybe I'll change my village. Then I realized I could not change my village, and so I thought, maybe I'll change my family. Then I realized I could not even change my family. So I thought, maybe I will change myself. Then I realized when I changed myself, I changed my family. And if I would change my family, this would change my village. And if I would change my village, this would change my nation. And if I would change my nation, I would change the world. When we light the menorah on Hanukkah starting this Sunday night, there are details where to light, how to light, what to light. But there also are the interior details. What are we supposed to feel? What are we supposed to think? What is the impact that these actions, that these rituals, that these celebrations should have on us? The impact that Hanukkah should have on us is to reinforce this message of the Rambam. Don't ever let us be in a position of Ruvain to miss the opportunity where one action can change the course of history. It is not true that we as an individual are insignificant among the more than 7 billion inhabitants of earth. It is not true. Every one of us through a single action or a single inaction can change our lives and we can change the world. Sadly, Ruvain shows us 
what happens when we do not realize that. My friends, I want to thank you very much and wish you a very good day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.